This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal, that's Joel, and we're going to be talking about our favorite movies of last year. That's right, it's post-Oscar season, and we don't have to worry about all the hype. It's over. It is. It really is. You know, it's funny. All, all these movies were on everyone's radars and everyone was feeling, you know, really passionate about them. It was Crusader level. Yep. But now it's done. Now you talk about the movies and like, you're a freaking dinosaur, man. That was last year. Exactly. That was last year. People can, because DiCaprio now has the Oscar, everybody can say that he was overrated in The Revenant. <laughs> Uh, they can say that, like, it's really bad for actors when if you eat a bison liver and you do a lot of good stuff, you can get an you can get an Oscar. If you do like, a lot of grunting. And it's I think I think you and I talked about this before where it's like, you know, the Oscars, especially with Leo, where it's like, yeah, he won this year, but not because he deserved it. It's because he deserved it the last four times. Exactly. No, that was an achievement Oscar. That was an Oscar. That was the Scorsese Oscar where it's like, yeah, the I'm Departed so glad was, you said Scorsese. The Departed was fine, but... It was no casino. It was no Goodfellas. It was no Raging Bull. Like, any one of those three, you deserved it. You didn't get it for those three. I don't fucking know why. I don't. I actually don't have the research in front of me, so I don't really know what movies came out that year, but I guarantee you, out of the three, one of them should have gotten it, and they were like, fuck, after Gangs of New York bombed, I don't know how many more of these fucking movies Scorsese's gonna make. Man, um, I forget sometimes that Gangs of New York is a thing. Yeah, I, I deliberately forget that Gangs of New York is a thing. I remember being so hyped. For gangs in New York. I'm like, here Amazing we go! Premise. Scorsese! Cameron Diaz. Yeah, playing an Irish woman. Oh, okay. yeah, with the most bottle red hair I've ever seen in my life. Like, not bad. Yep. Um, I remember, okay, so we were watching the Oscars. Did you watch them? No, no, because if I did at this point, I'd be a massive hypocrite because I complain about the Oscars nonstop. So if I watched them, I would be a hypocrite. And I was a hypocrite last year, but yeah. I wasn't going to be a hypocrite this year. I think I bombed in on the Oscars last year and I was like this sucks that's right yeah because Neil Patrick Harris was the host and he was horrible it's also kind of unavoidable for guys like us who so much of our career involves us being plugged into social media and the internet where it's like even if you don't watch them you feel like you're watching them it's true and I I did watch them I was watching the Oscars the uh, the other night and I enjoyed it for the most part there were some things that were like um obviously it was heavily political Mm-hmm. And uh, they and the and it was. Which I like that Chris Rock owned that. I like I, I I didn't watch the show, but I was sure the next day to watch Chris Rock's uh, opening monologue. That was good. Yes, uh, Chris Rock would, like tackled it from one angle, and the Oscars tackled it from another. Where they're like, the Oscars are like, no, we're not racist. Look at all the black presenters we have. And <laughs> then they tackle it from another angle. They were like, la 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 la. And then they ended it with a rap song. Oh, did they see? I did not know that. No, it ended on like a '90s rap song. I'm like, really? Wow. How much more on, obvious can you be? Ended on a '90s rap song, but didn't nominate anything from Straight Outta Compton. Now that said, like, is is it because Straight Outta Compton was like great and snubbed? Is it because Hollywood's inherently racist? I can't say. Didn't see the movie. Uh, but it was pretty good. There were a lot it. of movies that it's, I it's didn't good see. Biopic. I, I, you know, what's funny. Like if, if straight out of Compton is halfway decent, then it should probably have trumped, uh, what's that? Brooklyn. 
mm. which I didn't see also, but from all the things that I've uh, that I'd watched, read and heard about, it looked a lot like a Nicholas Sparks movie. <laughs> But in a different era. Like, you know who loved Brooklyn? You know who gave a glowing review of Brooklyn? No. My grandma. When my <laughs> grandma came over, my grandma was all about I was gonna say, Brooklyn. I was going to say, like, Reader's Digest liked Brooklyn. Because uh, it was <laughs> just this poor grandma movie. This poor Irish girl, she's from Ireland, and she moves to Brooklyn back when it was white. And she <laughs> loved it, and she fell in love with a boy, but she's gotta go back to Ireland. And An what's Italian she... guy she fell in love with. That's right. And what's she gonna do? Like, what's she gonna do? How about make up her fucking mind and end the movie? Like, who gives a shit? Nobody cares. <laughs> but uh, in any case, yeah. I was like, really, Brooklyn? Like, best actress? There's... Best actress? <laughs> There's one every year yeah. in the Oscars. There's always one every year. There's always a Brooklyn. There's always like, a, how the hell did this one get in here? The one that, for me, the one that will always be, the one that is Brooklyn for me every every time, is Shakespeare in Love. Oh, yeah, yeah, Where I'm yeah. like, best picture? Really? Best, best picture. The best picture of, of the year. Of all the movies. Of all the next. films is is this fake bullshit story with Gwyneth Paltrow doing a fake accent and Ben Affleck doing a fake accent and this bullshit horse crap story that is not anywhere near as decent as one of Shakespeare's actual adaptations. It's it's so funny too that, you know, there's always a certain type of Oscar movie and I always say the real thing for these movies is their staying power because so many of the movies that get nominated for best picture have zero staying power remember the king's speech oh yeah i remember it only because i remember seeing it as an oscar i was like this is an oscar movie right here well like who's gonna remember the one that won best picture this year fucking the the what uh, silence or whatever the hell it was called spotlight 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 thank you i mean like is what it, was Spotlight about? Was that the one about the priest? It was about uh, the Catholic Church and the, oh, and, and it was Bath. basically uh, the Woodward Bernstein It was, it, it was an extra movie. long MSNBC episode. It was basically all the president's men, but with, uh, but but about the the priests instead. Right. And it's like, you know, like look, is it powerful? Is it important? Is it great that they put a spot yeah. spotlight on it? Like, yes. Did it deserve Best Picture? Fuck no. I, I, I liked it better when it was the movie Doubt, which was Doubt nominated. That was Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think that Doubt was, the... was nominated for something, but it certainly didn't get it. Of course it didn't. I think Doubt was a much stronger movie. Yeah. Now, uh, we're talking about the Oscars because if you're just joining us, we're talking about our favorite movies of 2015. Right now, we're just kind of bitching about the Oscars and how they were Because things. why not? But before we get into our favorites, I have this list in front of me. I'm sure you do as well of the movies that came out in 2015, or at least some of the more notable ones. Let's I, talk I, about. I, I made a whole video uh, last year. Uh, near Christmas time for my favorite movies of the year. I don't remember what I put on it right. for the most part, but I remember I made a video. Well, here's the thing. Let's talk about some of the movies that we actively avoided and didn't watch. And now I'm not talking about idea. the ones we didn't catch, just ones where I was like, no. No, that's a good idea. I like this. Let's do that. Uh, the Let, first let's one... give an award for that. These are the snubbies. These are the movies we snubbed in The snubbies. I like that. The first annual <laughs> Comic Pop Elseworlds Exchange uh, snubbies. Uh, first for... of many. Someone draw us a trophy, please. In yes. The chat. <laughs> uh, first one up, I have to say, has to be Jupiter Ascending. Oh, yep. Yeah. Skip that one, too. Completely skipped it. I was like, oh, this looks fucking by the numbers as shit. Channing Tatum is a dog man and Mila Kunis is the princess of space. Right. And that was also the Wachowski people. It was the Wachowskis, and it was kind of the moment where everyone collectively went, what the hell is happening to you, Wachowskis? They were just like, okay, that's enough. That, like people, I think that that was when America collectively said in one voice, 
that's enough Wachowskis. <laughs> you, you are now that of M. Night Shyamalan. When I see your name on something, I will actively avoid it. It's it's funny because the year before that they had what was the one about reincarnation and Tom Hanks and everything? Oh my um, god, Cl- was that Atlas. Cloud Atlas? Cloud Atlas, which Rick and Morty makes fun of Cloud Atlas. Yes, they do. That was another movie where I'm like, I will see this at some point because I know people were feeling very important feelings about it. I'm like, I will watch it and I will come up with my own feelings. And then I didn't. Yep, and I will never watch it. (laughs) Uh, Some truths are the true true. That was what was so funny. When I saw the trailer for Jupiter Sending, I said, didn't this come out already? Because I literally thought it was Cloud Atlas. (laughs) Cloud Atlas 2, Electric Cloudaloo. Yeah. Um, okay, so Jupiter Sending, know nothing about it. Who gives a shit? It's the end of the Wachowskis for me. Mm-hmm. If, uh, uh, if, if I can pitch one there, Oh, too. yeah, please. Uh, uh, minions. I have completely missed this whole Despicable Me Minions hype train. And really, I think 2016 was the year the Minions kind of took over the world, if, you know, Facebook posts from my uncool aunt are any indication. I saw Minions. Did you? Not because I think they're hilarious, <laughs> not because you're a total minions faithful with your lighter. Yeah. Minions. Yeah. No, I'm not. I don't have a tumbler. Uh, I'm not a 14 year old girl, nor am I a 60 year old aunt. So I did not have any interest in seeing minions, but I was visiting a friend of mine out of town and his wife insisted that we go catch the double feature of minions and inside out. So oh, okay. we just that's, watched that's those two movies and, you gotta take uh, the sour with the sweet. That's fine. Yeah, Minions is horseshit, and they're crap. I think that Minions was originally a concept that I think it started out where there was a pitch for like a Minions thing, like there was gonna be a Minions movie, and but they the, couldn't. The thing is, uh, Max Landis explains this in a video he did, where it's like the Minions were never supposed to be part of Despicable Me. The Minions have floated around Hollywood forever, and it's like when the writer of Despicable Me came in, which was yet another project that stuck around forever. Yeah. The higher-ups were like, but can you put minions in this? To right. which the writer was like, sure. Yes, I can put these little Tic Tacs in your movie. And because when you're a screenwriter in Hollywood, when someone asks you, can you do blank? The answer is always yes. Yeah. Uh, and so they did. And you know what? I dug Despicable Me. And I'll tell you why. It had nothing to do with the fucking minions. So seeing that movie and watching these minions going like, oh, Barbara Garvin, I'm like, okay, no. And it was 80 minutes of no. With their little nonsense language. Except when they're speaking Spanish or saying banana. Mm, People like that. What are you doing? Like, (laughs) what is this? And like, I was actually, it's funny. I was talking about this earlier and I was like, poor Sandra Bullock was in this movie where she, like, she has to like, Act. Oh, she was the villain, wasn't She was it? the villain. And then someone said, poor Sandra Bullock. She got to read a script into a microphone in sweatpants and, and was paid fuckloads of money for it. No. Paid by the word, no yeah, doubt. No, fuck Sandra Bullock. And I'm like, right on. Fuck everybody involved in that movie. Did, did you know Pound for Pound Minions merchandise, which is everywhere now, you can't get away from it, yep. makes more than Star Wars and the Avengers put together? Of course it does. I will say, the only thing of Minions that I would buy is that fart gun. <laughs> every time of I see course. it at the target I pick it up and I point at Tiffany and I make it <laughs> fart at her and every time she's like don't buy that 
and I look at it and I see the $25 price tag and I don't buy it. But if it were $5, we would have, it would be a fixture on the show. <laughs> I'm sure you would be blasting everyone with the fart. It would I be hilarious. Just, you know, from a heartless marketing standpoint, the minions make sense. You know, they're these little adorable, gender neutral, almost race neutral. Yeah. Race neutral, you know, SpongeBobian kind of things who do old timey Looney Tunes gags. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Fuck minions, but I did see it. <laughs> but I did see it. I did see it, and I was right to not want to see it. I, uh, I missed the train completely. I feel like one of these days I need to actually go and watch Despicable Me because that's the one people like. It's nice. I didn't see the second one because I'm like, okay, Shrek 2, no thanks. Don't Shrek this up now, which ironically, Shrek 2 is really good in its own right. I, I like Shrek the- 2 better than I expected. Shrek 3 is garbage. Shrek 3 is garbage. Shrek or Shrek goes forth, which is the one where they basically just do "It's a Wonderful Life." Oh yeah, I saw that one too, and that sucks. That sucks on toast. It it did suck, and yet it was a weird kind of like, okay, we really fucked up that last one. So what do we do? You know, you're out of ideas when you do the "It's a Wonderful Life" story. But they didn't even go out of their way to do anything like the thing to do, because like Shrek babies are ugly. Yes, they are, and they suck. And yes, they do. When you have like a fun protagonist, the last thing you want to do is give them six children that are each individually like a little nuclear explosion on your franchise. You, you, you make them Al Bundy. You give them dad problems, and is that like really what you want to see for your cool hero? Now they no, have dad you problems. don't. Uh, but uh, that said, okay, that sucks. Then you have this. It's a Wonderful Life thing where Shrek gets to go back in time. Mm-hmm. and to relive you, his time as an ogre which is just him terrorizing people and i'm like wait 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 but i thought in the first movie he we you went out of your way to be like i don't really terrorize people they just get the wrong opinion of me yes the thing that they should have done it like the thing that make it actually fun would have been okay the the it's a wonderful life thing is if you weren't there princess fiona would not have been rescued and farquad's people would have gone to get her Right. And then Farquaad would have taken over. And then you show a cracked mirror version of Shrek 1 where Farquaad's in charge and you bring back your greatest villain. John Lithgow, yeah. And that would be fucking, that would at least be fun to watch. The thing that they put on screen for that was garbage. Now we're talking about Shrek. Anyway, Despicable Me was the movie that I was like, I don't want to see this because I'm sure it's Shrek. Now, it's funny, as the chat is saying there, uh, the Puss in Boots movie. Yeah, Puss in Boots movie, better than it had any right to be. I heard it was. I Again, again, I'm no. <laughs> Dude, uh, Galifianakis plays Humpty Dumpty, and he's pretty good. That's funny. That is funny. <clears throat> uh, that is good. And it's a heist movie. It's a heist movie for kids. It should be. We- I mean, like, he's a thief. That makes sense. That's great. They try uh, and rob, like, the giant uh, castle in the clouds to get the ooh. goose that lays the golden eggs, and it's all, like, Ocean's Eleven-y. That's but cool. But for kids, it's fairy tales. Way smarter than it had any right to it's be. Funny. Here's another movie that I didn't see that they really, really wanted me to. And by they, I mean the marketing teams. Pan. Oh, God. Yeah, I forgot that was the thing. Now, if Pan were Hook 2, which is a pitch that <laughs> Ethan and I have been working on for a few years, <laughs> I would have gone to see it in a, like twice. But Pan, no. <laughs> I don't even really know what Pan is. It's like Pan a was a prequel where it's like, Pan. this is, it's Peter Pan oh. and he's like a friend of Hook and the two of them like work together and it's, it's a prequel. It's a, it's like the, it's, well, yeah, we know that Captain Hook is a bad guy, but what, what was the, what was his prequel story? It's, 
it's Maleficent, but for Peter Pan. It's every crappy prequel. It's every like it's well, Victor but, Frankenstein, yeah, but for Pan. Victor Frankenstein. I, I watched Victor Frankenstein the other night because I caught it somewhere. That's another movie that I didn't see. It's very mediocre. It's like, wow, you you had like a couple good ideas here that you did nothing with. Good job. Yeah. No. Also, also, hey, Harry Potter kid, glad to see you're getting work. Right. I mean, he's gonna, but like, didn't have to be that. <laughs> Um, and again, too, it, it's so messed up, Victor Frank. So let me just spoil the ending for this movie. So that movie ends with them creating a monster, creating, like, Frankenstein. You're like, wait, so this is the moment? So the prequel ends with them doing it? Only for them to go, psych, this isn't actually the monster building from the movie. We'll do that in a couple of years. Or from, like, the original. We'll do that later. That's, uh, I mean, like, that sucks and is also kind of brave. Yeah. I get it. That's kind of cool. It's weird. Um, what's another one that you didn't see? Um, I'm actually looking here at the whole big list of them. Oh, uh, here's one I didn't see because, you know, the terrible reviews scared me away. Uh, Spectre, James Bond. I me too! See didn't James see Bond. Spectre! But then again, I haven't wanted to see a James Bond movie in a while. Like, I don't really dig Daniel Craig. I liked Casino Royale. Casino skipped, Royale was great. I skipped Quantum of Solace because... Quantum of Solace is the worst one. Literally nothing happens for two hours. Yeah. Well, I remember it was during the writer's strike. Daniel Craig came up with the title, and I was like, okay, so there's no authors, and you're asking the fucking actor... To come up with To come up name. with your goddamn James Bond title, and he comes up with a bad one. Like, okay, no. And from what Quantum I understand... Totally also okay. suffered from like way too many villains. There was like an evil Steve Jobs eco terrorist guy and like a South American general. And I'm like, yeah, you guys are funny. That sounds and the final. That... Yeah, and and the final fight is like on a in a solar farm in the desert. Mm. That sounds a lot like a Pierce Brosnan Bond movie. Yeah, it absolutely was. And here's the fight. It was so bad they barely make any reference to it in uh, yeah. the next one, Skyfall, which Skyfall is pretty good. I yeah. liked Skyfall a lot. I thought that was a really solid movie. Uh, but again, I was like, "Cool, Spectre," and then just didn't get around to it. And I feel I'm I I fear I'm all the better for it. The, the thing about Spectre too, the thing that totally scared me away is like, guys, guys, they try and make an Avengers franchise out of James Bond. Yeah, don't with Spectre do that. You're hanging by on basically second. saying, hey, you know all these hanging plot threads that didn't make any sense right? in the last couple ones. Well, guess what? Blofeld did it. I mean, like, yes, he did, but all right. Also, Blo also, Blofeld is James Bond's secret brother that you never knew about. Yeah, we saw that from the trailer. Yeah, I know, right? They, that's a terrible cap. It's the con situation. It's con with Star Trek all over again. And it's funny because, like, what? Like speaking of con, like I didn't even really care that they changed con. Although technically, they changed time in Star Trek 2009 after con had already been established. So there's no reason for con to not be Ricardo Montalban. But uh, fine if you're gonna do that. But don't pretend that it's not Khan, and then yeah, and don't pretend it's not Blofeld too, which yeah, they did. We all knew it was Blofeld. Don't fucking pretend. Like, don't be don't, stupid. Don't don't insult our intelligence well, as fans. Also, did you think in a movie called Spectre, the leader of fucking Spectre might show up at some point? Yeah, and it's like you cast the best actor working today to be the head of Spectre. Do you think you're not gonna make him the head of Spectre? Like, yeah, we, we, and by the way, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with me knowing what's gonna happen. Like, yeah. will the Avengers triumph and defeat Loki? Fucking yeah, I, I'm still going. Like, <laughs> uh, another movie that I avoided was Terminator Genesis. 
Genesis, Genesis. Yeah, I stayed away from this one too. I'm so done with Terminator. I am so angry and like, well, like here's the thing. I've been done with Terminator longer than I, that longer than a lot of people because I was so jazzed for Terminator Three because I'm a huge Terminator fan. I grew up watching the first one and then the second one. And I loved the franchise, loved the concept, and the and Terminator Two allows a lot of like the plot holes that you have in three, four, five to like to exist because you buy that the term because okay the terminators if you really quick rundown of terminator uh in the future in 2029 uh john connor beats the terminators and their contingency plan is send a terminator back in time to kill the mom fine terminator 2 is but before they did that they sent another one they said two <laughs> they just they said two terminators and and like number two kind of retcons like actually they just sent two terminators and we're only seeing the first part in Terminator one in Terminator two. It's like they sent the, the, the usual killing machine back and, and then they sent the prototype that they only have one of to 1980, whatever to, to kill John Connor at age 11. Mm -hmm. Fine. Like, right. Like that's, that's within the realm of feasibility that the that a machine would be like, put a redundancy drive in like, you know, send another Terminator in another time, just in case we fuck up. It is a fucking robot that like really has stilted movement. We get it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that's fine. But then you make three where they say, uh, you know, the whole point of no fate in the second one. Yeah, no, there yeah, is there is fate. We lied about that. There is fate because we need money and fuck you. And you, you did not start, stop judgment there. You only postponed it. Yeah, no, no, there's judgment no day is inevitable. It's inevitable. And then it is, at least they blew up the fucking world at the end of three. I appreciated yeah, that. At least they had the balls to do that. Yeah, then four is like, whatever, let's not talk about four. And then they made Genesis. <laughs> four is Christian Bale yelling at that lighting guy. That's the best thing to come out best of Best thing to come Christian out of it was, Bale. you are trash in my scene. <laughs> uh, it's fucking distracting. <laughs> it's all, you're like, da, 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 da. If you haven't heard, if you haven't heard Someone Christian Bale yell this guy. remix of him just doing that, da, 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 da. that's the chorus. If you have never seen or heard Christian Bale freaking out at this lighting guy, who is, by the yes. way, kind of a of a douche, like Both check guys it out. It's in crystal clear sound. You can hear him and Mick G and Bryce Dallas Howard all just uncomfortably deal with Christian Bale freaking out. It's good. It's, it's really amazing. Good. It's the best thing about that movie. Uh, but then you make uh, Terminator Four, and they're like, no one said yes except Arnold. So we're yeah. just changing and faking everything. That's sad too that we continue to have to pulling out Arnold for every Terminator movie now. It's like no, they're only as good if you know Arnold is in them, even though he's old and fat and slow and everything. It's yeah. like just just stop. Now just the fact stop. is, I get the I'm okay with the concept of the 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 living tissue ages. That's fine with me. But because it is living tissue. It's living tissue. That's fine. It's gonna age. But fuck you because everything else is stupid. Like. Th that one idea doesn't excuse everything else, like making the T-1000 a totally different skin or recasting Sarah Connor or going back or or unforgivably casting Jai Courtney. Yeah, that's a sin. He Jai is the Courtney. worst. He needs to go away. It, 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 no, he needs to go away if Suicide Squad is bad. If, if, right. if he does Captain Boomerang good, and I get this funny feeling he might because he just gets to play a crazy Australian, right. which he is. He can be Captain Boomerang, but that's it because he ruined Die Hard. <laughs> I forgot he was in Die Hard. That's because he's basically a Hollywood stem cell where you just tell him to be whatever you want. 
The problem mm. is he's also really bad at it. He, he is Sam Worthington, uh, you know, he's the new V2. He's the new Sam Worthington, where it's like, yeah. I have an indecipherable accent, but it's clearly not from the from the United States, and I'm, I'm an American. You're a tough guy with a shaved head in yeah. everything. Get the fuck out of here. Go be an Avatar 3. <laughs> Whenever that comes out. You know, out. when that comes out in, in, in Judgment Day. <laughs> yeah, when it actually, on actual Judgment Day, we can finally see exactly. Avatar 2, Electric Avatar Alu. Yeah. Uh, I also avoided Ted 2. Don't need to talk about that. I think we all oh, know why. Oh, God, yeah. Dude, I I saw like the first like first half of Ted two before I shut it off because I nice. really liked the first Ted. I thought that was a cute, interesting idea. You could tell this was something McFarlane wanted to do for a while. Yeah, Ted two is every horrible sequel like trope. The fact that they write Mila Kunis out of it, despite the fact that her and uh, John's relationship was such a huge driving force of the first movie that they just write her out and they're like, yeah, she's gone now. Weak. The fact that they could tell you could tell that the only reason McFarlane came back is like, I'll do it, but I get more money and I get to do whatever I want for Ted to like, fine, fine, whatever. So he opens with like a big, uh, elaborate uh, Hollywood dance number. Of course he does. So I'm like, so you're just doing all your bad habits, you know, from Family Guy. Also, the fact that several jokes and several of the set pieces are literally recycled from episodes of Family Guy. There were, yes! I, in the trailer, there were jokes. I'm like, I saw that joke when you made it 10 years ago. There was three of those in the trailer. And I'm like, this does not bode well for this movie. Yeah, you, it's, can't it's, just, you can't assume that we didn't see Family Guy. Fucking Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, it's weak sauce, and the only way it's not the worst thing McFarlane has done is because he did a thousand ways to, or a hundred ways to die in the West, or whatever the hell that one was. Right, and I also didn't see that. I did. It's hypnotically horrible. That's amazing. It, it looks uh, fucking awful. In that movie, a man shits in a hat, like visually, not once but twice. Awesome. That's the movie, and Liam Neeson sleepwalks through the whole performance, yeah. which he only took. He said, "Look, I'll do this movie." but only if I get to be Irish and I'm not doing a goddamn American accent for this. So he's inexplicably Irish through the whole movie. That's funny. <laughs> also, Doc Brown shows up in it for I, some reason. I saw it in the for trailer like that ruined the trailer. Like that ruined the movie because I was almost going to see it. It makes less sense when you actually see it. In well, the movie. yeah, because there's no reason. Well, because they're in a different location. They're not in California. Yeah, they're not. No, yeah. <laughs> And the fact that McFarlane's like, no, I'm going to cast myself and I'm going to, you know, uh, have a relationship with this beautiful woman. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Not only that, but it's like, I am going to act like a time traveler. Yeah, for no reason. But I, but I'm, no, but I'm from here. But I'm going to make all these references and talk in a way I couldn't possibly. And legitimately try and like argue that he has a character arc like that needs Mm -hmm. to go through change. Like, fuck you. Also, hey, like Western comedy, stop trying to do Blazing Saddles. It already it's over, and it's still and it's great. Great, yeah, <laughs> it still holds up. So please stop trying to do Blazing Saddles all over again. Yeah, man, we've had a lot of terrible Western comedies in a row. A Thousand Ways to Die in the West, and that Adam Sandler ridiculous six. Oh yeah, yeah, I didn't see it, that. At either. least that didn't have to go to theaters. Yes, you, know? you could. You had the you had the delight of skipping over it in your Netflix queue. Yeah, over and over again, even though a lot of people chose not to skip it because it was the most watched thing in Netflix history. That sucks. Uh, yeah. A movie that I missed. This isn't something I deliberately skipped. This is just I missed it. And it's because I've 
I, I don't know why. Uh, it just it wasn't it wasn't high on my priority list, but it was on Tiffany's, and I feel bad because I never took her to see it. Uh, that would be The Man from Uncle because she liked that mm. show. And I yeah. heard good things that I don't with, really know. Uh, with Army Hammer and Guy Ritchie. I didn't hear good things and about Henry it. Cavill. Henry Cavill, that's, you know, the man who would be Superman yet who leaves no impression. Yep, exactly. The, the, the man who is slowly and surely being downplayed in his own sequel as everyone's like, no, but Batman, though, everybody. Yeah, yeah, no thanks. Um, you, know, you don't get a sequel. That's uh, right. You don't get a freaking sequel. We need Batman to come in and hold your goddamn hand, Henry Cavill. <laughs> And Wonder Woman too. Yeah, and Wonder Woman. Everyone else. You can't even support your own sequel. We got two fucking people to come and help you out. Um, uh, did you see the walk? What was that one about? The guy Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt walks between the twin towers. Oh no! But it sounds like something I would catch at some point. (laughs) I saw that. I was like, no, no. They're like, you won't believe it. He walks between. I'm like, yeah, he did it. He did that. I've watched people actually do that in real life on YouTube and stuff, and that's pretty fun for a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if I would watch a whole movie about it. Did you see The Good Dinosaur? No, I had a chance to see The Good Dinosaur, and I saw something else, even though it's Pixar, and Pixar is really good. I'll probably see it at some point. I didn't, because I don't care. I was like, I don't give a fuck about your dumb dinosaur movie. You... Also, they, also, they had Inside Out that year, so, I mean, they set the bar really high for themselves. I'm like, this doesn't look like it's going to be as good as Inside Out. <sighs> it's not on the napkin. It wasn't on the napkin. This is a fucking concept that's like, how <laughs> about a... with Pixar? You got to go back to the napkin. Yeah. All their amazing ideas were from l- one lunch where they scribbled it down on a napkin. Yeah, I'm also on in the minority. I really didn't like Inside Out. Did you not really? I really didn't. Is I it because it was... your heart is cold and dark and no, you don't I was love it, it, No, I felt it manipulating me. I it was the first time I was like, this is a this is a. This is a series of traps and tricks and writing <laughs> prompts, and you just deliberately tricked me on a premise that doesn't really hold water. Uh, so, so a movie about emotions turned out to be emotionally manipulative. That's how it felt to me. Uh, and that was part of the twofer. I was like, okay, finally we're at the fucking Pixar movie, and I'm watching, I'm like, I don't give a shit about any of the things that are happening here. And, like, it's it's just more and more confounding the more you think about it. Like, so are the emotions in charge of her, or is she in charge of them? And if so, why are they sentient? Like, what? Like, it's it was it was a really high-concept idea that I don't think worked, like, in execution. Clearly, the world disagrees with me, so fuck me, right? But the fact is, I still stand by, I'm like, I did not like this, and I don't think it will stand the test of time. I, I, I'm not sure, man. I, I think a lot of people really dug on that one really hard. I mean, Louis Black is anger, man. What great casting See, was that? See, for me, I felt that was lazy casting. <laughs> I was like, oh, what a relevant thing to do in 2003. Louis Black needs to be J. Jonah Jameson if they can't <laughs> get uh, if they can't get the other guy back. It needs to be Louis Black. Parker, give me pictures of Spider-Man. Oh, da, my da, God. Da. Just flipping tables. How good with it? Dude, Marvel, Marvel, Disney, that one's free. Go go get Louis <laughs> Black. That one's free. He's the funny. only person I will accept who is not uh, who's not the original. Yeah, I would. It's funny. I, I saw J.K. Simmons at the Oscars, and I was like, he looks a little old. Yeah, yeah. Like almost a little too old to be J.J. I hope not. Whoever they get, <clears throat> my pick, by the way, for J.J., Brian Cranston. Yeah, I could see that too. He does. He's got a pretty good yell on him. I like if you're looking it. for a if you're looking for an actor, if you're looking for a name. 
that's the name I pick. But like, if you want somebody great, go find somebody. And I don't, yeah. I like, I don't know. So go look for him. But you know, as as the chat saying inside out, just a rip off of Herman's head. I'm like, <laughs> wow, someone remembered Herman's head. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I missed, it's another one that I wanted to see, but missed Tomorrowland. Missed that one too. It, it, for me, I'm like, oh no, another Tron where it's like, Hey, we own this. And we, we were making it before we bought all the Marvel stuff. So here, that was, uh, that was, that was Brad Bird, right? Who did that? I think so. I remember I read a whole article <laughs> where it's like, you know, the, uh, what's the word? The, the Ayn Randian uh, themes in all of Brad Bird's work. And I'm like, yeah, I guess there is a lot of objectivist themes in his stuff, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And Tomorrowland is literally a city where the smart and best of humanity are allowed to thrive without, you know, people getting in their shit. I'm like, oh, so, it, so it's Rapture from Bioshock. Exactly. Without the horrible shit that happens in Rapture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, minus the dystopia. Uh, that's cool, though. I would like to see that, like, see how it goes. Um, a movie that I deliberately skipped and I'm sure you did too, was Everest. Everest. I forgot Everest was even a thing. It was a movie that I remember seeing a trailer for and being like, holy fuck, they climb a mountain like they do in real life. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't fucking want to watch that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. I'm not, I'm not much for any of those. No. Um, similarly... I think the last like wilderness survival movie I saw was The Grey because it was Liam Neeson punching wolves with yeah, broken bottles. That's what they fucking tried to sell you, but that's not but... what The Grey is. <laughs> no, it's more Jack Londony man versus nature. We're all animals. Yeah, the, that movie is is either it's man versus nature or it's they're dead. They were dead all along, and this is their purgatory. Like, no matter what, it's horrible. Like, and I don't mean horrible, like poorly executed. It's beautiful and fucking sucks because it like just it, it's like Requiem of your dream like nobody throws that on the uh the guy who did that was the same guy who did uh smoke and aces and oh. narc i really like his that's work. cool oh, and he did, and he did the underrated a-team movie too i really i will go on right i'd like a-team yeah a-team is a fun movie you know that came out the same year as the expendables and another like man on a mission movie and i think a-team is better people were like the, the tank doesn't like that's so stupid i'm like the whole movie's stupid the whole show is stupid yeah, it's a called a team fucking liam neeson plays an arm an american army general it doesn't sound a thing like an american yeah no it's Man, fun and stupid liam neeson love and hate this episode aren't we <laughs> i know right? i love liam neeson but he's great you know he's great I, I but I liked A Team. Fuck everybody. Uh, I, I like A Team too. I think A Team is everything the Expendables should have been. That's right. The other movie I missed, Creed. I wanted Creed. to see it. I missed it. Really? Yeah. Creed is really good, and not only is it really good in its own right, but it's also a really good sequel to the Rocky franchise, which is weird to say, because Rocky Balboa ended it so well. And it's like yeah. okay, now you never have to make another one. Oh, you made another one, and it's pretty good. And it's pretty good. I hear good things, and I just really wanted to catch it. I like Michael B. Jordan. I think that Sylvester Stallone clearly has the chops to be nominated for an Academy Award, as mm -hmm. he was in this. Um, but what's, I missed it. What's, what's great about Creed is they really do put the emphasis back on Philadelphia and saying That's how, you cool. know, this, this kid, Adonis Creed needs to become the hero for a modern day Philadelphia in the same way Rocky Balboa was a hero for like seventies. I like that idea. I like that idea. And like a the lot. community really lifts him up and everything, you know, kind of makes them their champion. And uh, it's funny too, even the guy he fights, cause you know, like how every Rocky movie is only as strong as its villain. Uh, ironically, there's not much of a strong focus on the villain. He's a British fighter. He's like a Ricky Hatton guy. 
who's going to jail because he's a super screw up and he like got caught with a gun at a bar and everything. So okay. now this is like this is my last fight before I go to jail. I need to feed my kids with one last purse. Oh shit, that's yeah. fucking rough. So yeah, it's they, not a good versus evil kind of thing, which is actually no. very, which is actually very distinctly Rocky. Like, you never. It isn't until the the franchise goes to shit that the that the that the the boxer that the antagonist boxer is a is a bad guy, like is a mm. cartoon character. The, the funny thing too is that if you remember, uh, or, or no, I guess because you didn't see the movie, you I won't remember it. it. The, my, the most interesting thing about Creed is constantly they say, you know, oh, oh, Adonis, your your father, you know, uh, yeah. Apollo, he he died in the ring, he died for the sport, he died in the ring. Never once did they mention Drago or anything from Rocky. No, the only thing they need to do is reference that he died. But four is then the movie gets silly, where it's like you know your father died in the ring. He got punched by a super Russian. Then Rocky had to go to the Soviet Union and defeat (laughs) communism. Exactly, he punched communism in the face, and the and the crowd made of communist Russians applauded him. Yeah, if I can change, we can change. Anyone can change. Yep. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you cartoon movie. But that's why for Creed 2, we need to find out that Ivan Drago had a son, and now Creed needs to go to Russia to do battle with that guy's son. That would be amazing. And and here's how you spin it, too. Because obviously we know from real-life history what Russia did to their failed sports star. So let's actually see an old beaten-down Dolph Lundgren who's like, you ruined my life, Rocky. And you he's know. a good – he can actually kind of do it. Like he also number one, he looks like he's been living in a Siberian prison camp for the last mm-hmm. ten years, and two, like he he's an articulate, intelligent person. He might like sound yes. bizarre, but like he's fucking he he could actually probably pull that off. He would probably pay to do that opportunity to be like, you mean I get to do that thing that like Mickey Rourke did in Iron Man two? Yep. Um. By the way, plus missed you, opportunity there. Could have gotten fucking Dolph Lundgren. Plus, you can dig up. But who was the woman in that? The one who dated Flavor Flav for a bit. Uh. Uh. Oh, you mean in 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 Creed? Yeah, uh, she was Red Sonia too. The actress. Oh God, I'm uh, oh, why am I blanking on her name? You could dig her up for the sequel too, because she was like uh, I, Bridget Nielsen. Thank, thank you. you. Okay. You could dig up Bridget Nielsen for that. And how fun would that be to get to see her now? <laughs> yeah. She also looks like she's lived in a Siberian. <laughs> I did not know that. Um, okay, another one that I missed, just totally missed, didn't get a chance to see it again because Tiffany was like, you gotta see it, we gotta watch this and I was like, whoops, The Martian mm. also missed it, also on my list I hear that Matt Damon is Matt Damon and he doesn't do anything special or interesting but the movie's a- kind of fun. Everyone loves it because apparently it's a movie all about, you know, the merits of scientific exploration, it's like more Fantastic Four than the Fantastic Four movie we got this year. I like that idea and I like Ridley Scott, he makes great looking movies <laughs> yeah, but I say that because like, you know not all yeah. of them are great, but they do. <laughs> I'm look sure really people good. are like, "Oh, this makes me forget about Prometheus for a little bit." Yeah, although I do, I like Prometheus, <laughs> and I'm Prometheus an alien. Prometheus is fine until it becomes an alien prequel. It's supposed to be an alien prequel. <laughs> I know, and that's the problem. It's supposed to be an alien prequel. That's the only reason I'm watching this fucking movie is for it to be an alien prequel. And then they ended it and didn't make it the alien prequel. They're fucking supposed to be on LV four two six. The ship that crashes is supposed to be the ship that they find when they like look for it in Aliens. Fucking in Alien and Aliens. Fucking Christ! And then they're like, "No, I want to go back where we came from." Fucking shut up! <laughs> Take Data's head and get the fuck out of here and fly to the sun. That's so stupid. Man, some people are going to get that Data's head joke and others won't. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, Michael, my, by the way, 
if you look at Prometheus as a Blade Runner sequel, ah, then it's pretty good because it's that movie is more about robots than it is about humanity. That movie is yeah. about robots being going, being forced to go look for God. Which think about that for a second? A robot being forced to help you look for God. They're like, first of all, there is no God. Second of all, you're my God. And third of all, if you're looking for God, that means that my God is an insecure loser. And that means yep. that I have no God. And what does that mean for me? Like, that's a cool concept that they or, never or, or fucking explore. Or to put explore. it more simply, do androids dream of electric? Exactly. Um, so that was another movie that I completely skipped. But I guess we could talk about movies that we did see. Sure. Uh, Jurassic World was kind of fun. See, I skipped Jurassic what? Park. What? I, I am not that big a Jurassic Park fan. Like, I saw the original way after the fact, and I'm like, yeah, this is a really good movie. Yeah. Uh, it's not great. Like, it's not like, holy shit, this movie fucking changed me. Uh, neither did Jurassic Park. Like, I grew up watching it, but I didn't, like, I, it wasn't the second coming for me. I was like, okay, cool. Terminator 2 is better. Like, whatever. Nature, nature always finds a way, Yeah, Sam. There's cool stuff in there. My friend Ethan is... Obs it just loves Jurassic Park and it has Hammond is a great character oh my god there's a lot of great characters in that movie like, Jurassic Park is solid Jurassic World is a for me it's a no brainer it's like how do you fuck up a Jurassic Park sequel you can do it twice uh, <laughs> but only twice but only twice well, no they'll do it again but like there's so many things that you can really like like it's, it's just like no shit can you fucking make a good Jurassic Park movie Jurassic World had a lot of neat ideas neat themes I love the Jimmy Fallon bit because there's a movie there's a scene in there where like Jimmy Fallon plays like a celebrity tour guide on their virtual oh. tour and he's like oh and he's just exactly as unfunny and terrible as he is in real life and so that was oh, that's that, good and that translated so well just does he look directly into the camera and laugh oh yeah oh yeah no oh, he does yeah, oh, no he's perfect, he is then. exactly as terrible as every as every day of his life um, but I kind of dug it. I thought it was fun. Plus you get a cool dinosaur fight at the end with a super dinosaur. It's like, what's cooler than dinosaurs, a genetically modified dinosaur. That's like four dinosaurs taped together. Not only that, it's the, okay, they do that, right? They, they fucking make their stupid robot or they're not their stupid robot, but their super clone dinosaur. They bring out the T-Rex from the mm. first movie and oh. he fights the dinosaur. Nice. And like people, people said like, no, it's just a T-Rex. First of all, we don't know how long dinosaurs live. I don't know, probably twenty-five years, thirty years. Who cares? The point being, he had all the scratches on its body from the raptor attack from the first movie. It's clearly the T-Rex from the first movie. Which, even if you don't really care about the franchise, as kind of a nerd and a comic book fan, it's like, all right. That's stupid and fun. And the fucking raptors and the T-Rex like look at each other and they go like. Yeah, and they bro fist, and then they go attack the Irex. That, that sounds like something I would scrawl like in my school notebook growing up. And then the Raptors and the T Rexes team up to fight the Super Dinosaur. That's exactly what they do. It's fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, what is the movie also, that you saw? also that series continues Chris Pratt's you know rise to just being new like like new it movie guy like being the new Harrison Ford. I feel like Chris Pratt is. I mean like. Every, I guess, five or ten years, Hollywood's like, okay, here's a generic white guy, throw him at the screen. But then they accidentally grab Chris Pratt, who has personality and dignity, and he fucking got thrown at the screen. And suddenly it worked, unlike Jai Courtney or Sam Worthington. It was like, Chris Pratt's like, whoa, me? All right, I can work out. I'll be Star-Lord. That works for me. 
like you know you know pratt gives me hope because he was the comedy fat guy yeah. on a tv show for years then he slimmed down got muscly got awesome yep and now he's new harrison ford yeah yeah he's great G- gives me hope that we can all do that someday <laughs> that if a, if a doughy guy from parks and rec can become an action star maybe i can too maybe i can too just one day just hope hope i can i can hope for it yeah uh, we liked Ant-Man. Ant-Man was cool. Ant-Man was good. You know, Ant-Man was good, and I think it was even better given all, you know, the behind-the-scenes stuff that we were privy to where it's like, oh, well, you guys actually pulled it out and managed to make something pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and after all the controversy of, like, oh, my God, fucking Scott Pilgrim is leaving, and what are we going to do? You know what I mean? Like, the, Continue uh, to make a movie with this Disney infrastructure that we have. Yeah, it's fun. I had a good time. It was really cool. Yeah. I, I, really, really funny movie. I think Michael Pena steals that show. I like uh, Luis so much. I'm like, can we, can we put Luis in the comics? I think he would fit in perfectly. Easily. Uh, Luis, at least give him one of those, like, Marvel one-shot, like, shorts like they do. Please. I mean, they basically did. <laughs> in the movie yeah. itself. <laughs> you know what you do? You put Luis in the comics, and his deal is, is he has a he has a power armor, which is literally just his van that becomes a power armor. <laughs> That's what I would write. And you know Nick Spencer's probably like, eh, you know, I got some pitches for Luis if I have to. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Um, and you know he's going to be hanging out with Ant-Man for, like, the rest of the movies. Like, you know, he'll probably get it. Imagine Luis getting to interact with the Avengers. How funny that would I kinda be. I kind of want to see that. Uh, I, I wonder if he'll be in Civil War. I doubt it. He, just a camera. Just him on the phone. Yeah. But plus, it's Michael Pena, and I genuinely love Michael Pena. He is a really underrated performer. He is. Who's always putting in his dues. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Avengers came out in 2015. That's right, it did, Age of Ultron. It was cool. I had a good time. Cool. I liked it more the second time. Yeah. The first time, I was a, like, what? There's a lot going in. There's a lot to take into that movie. And, you know, I think it'll always be the, like, New Hope versus Empire Strikes Back yeah. of type of conversation where it's like which one's better well this one's a little less focused but you know this one you know uh is a little longer and you yeah. know this one does this and this one does that and you're not really wrong on yeah. any account for me the problem with age of ultron is not that there are too many characters marvel has a lot of characters and in every book there's a million of them and it works really well when it and works comic really readers well. have no problems reading for i mean geez i read avengers standoff today and there's like a million characters exactly uh no my th- i think the problem is whedon I think the problem was that Whedon was restless and unhappy with what he was doing. He didn't like working for a corporate machine. The and passion so, wasn't there. Because I think Ultron is him. I think that Ultron is all the things that Whedon feels about comic books and comic book movie franchises. Huh. And because if you ever see Whedon in an interview, he talks and acts just like him. It's that line where he says, you know, but you don't want to change. You don't want to change. You want to make a big multi-billion dollar franchise, but you don't want to change. That's interesting. Just him, like, with his whole, like, weird religion obsessive, like, obsession. I felt like it was, like, we have enough great sci-fi AI concepts in the zeitgeist. You, 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 Joss Whedon, are not going to invent a new one. Just... Use something that works and do something interesting and groundbreaking. A- Ultron is not. He is not interesting or groundbreaking. He is just he is just a mouthpiece for a disaffected douchebag, and also <laughs> like kind of a crappy bad guy. Like it's he, it's it's also an interesting take for it's like you know this Ultron is a dark mirror to Tony Stark in the same way comic Ultron was a dark mirror to Hank Pym. Right, and it's like well we can't use Hank Pym, so we'll make it Tony Stark. That's fine. It works fine. Like that's that concept yeah. is cool, but. 
I feel like it could have been executed by somebody who actually gave a fuck. I don't think Whedon really cared. Uh, another theme I kind of had, it was a small theme, but kind of this idea of like fathers and their sons where it's yeah. like, you know, uh, Tony Stark creates Ultron, Ultron creates Vision. We got all the stuff with Hawkeye and his kids. So, you know, that's kind of what, that's what I took away from yeah. it. Yeah, no, there's there's some cool shit in there. And like I said, I saw when I saw it the second time, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like, this still works. But my um, only real problem is Thor's magic cave adventure where it's like, this, this shouldn't have been in here. I mean, like, I thought they were going to kill a couple of characters in this movie and mm. uh, to kind of like clear the slate a little bit. But they didn't do either. Like, I thought they were... Gotta save it for Civil War. Yeah, like, I thought they were gonna kill Thor, which would have been fine, because if you did, then he would have just gone to hell, like, H-E-L, and then he could have fought his way out, and that's your Thor Ragnarok. all the demons and the skeletons, and yeah. Or kill... Since you want to put Hulk in Thor Ragnarok, Mm -hmm. why didn't you kill Thor and Hulk? And then the opening of Thor Ragnarok is them both in hell. I and mean, they hey, this fight is their comic way book out. movies. Yeah, because this is comic book movies and no one ever stays dead anyway. So. Exactly. Like, if you think they're going to kill Steve Rogers and he's not going to jump out of a Cosmic Cube at the end of Avengers uh, 4, then you're kidding. Like, you're kidding yourself. Like, number one, I think Steve Rogers is going to die in Civil War. Number two, I think he is going to jump out of a Cosmic Cube when <laughs> Thanos shows up. Just smack him right on the jaw like yeah. Hitler. Um, so Avengers, you know, whatever. Uh, Avengers also, fun. I liked it. Mad Max. Let's talk about Mad Max. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, how can you not talk about Mad Max? Wow. The greatest, most bone-crunching action apocalyptic car movie ever directed by a grandpa. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. I didn't. I had no expectations going in, and I was pleasantly surprised by how cool and awesome it was. It was. Like, dude, a Morton Joe and the War Boys, I think, will go on to be every bit as iconic as Master Blaster and Lord Humongous and all those others. Just like, wow, what really recognizable and iconic exactly. cinema villains. No doubt. Uh, just Mediocre. Everything about it rocked. Uh, for me, my favorite thing about it had to have been Charlie Theron's character. Mm-hmm. Obviously, oh, yeah. Max is more of a framework. He's the character that he's the ride along character we literally put ourselves on because but he didn't he say always a fucking thing. Was. That's yeah. the thing. Like, like I think there's a lot of people when they complained about this movie just misunderstanding Mad Max in general. I was like, oh, the movie wasn't really about him. Every Mad Max movie after the first one isn't about Max. Yeah. Well, and I don't, I'm not there to watch him be Max. I'm there to watch like this universe, basically. Uh, another thing I liked about that movie, and it's something a lot of people haven't picked up on, and it's the idea I'm running with. In the beginning of the movie, Mad Max loses his jacket, his car, and his gun. Yeah. And then you get the bit where he gets dragged back and he's kind of faceless. I'm like, what's the deal with that? I'm like, oh, is this a commentary on how without those three things, Mad Max is literally nothing, and he's only Mad Max in the last five minutes of the movie once he's gotten back his car, jacket, and gun? <laughs> he's like Indiana Jones in that regard. You take those things away from him, and Indiana Jones doesn't really have anything. I mean, I think Indiana Jones is more of a character than Mad Max, but I don't, you know. I don't want to get into it. I mean, like, like he is the ultimate wanderer. He is that guy who blows into town in the Western movies oh, yeah. and messes stuff up. That's true. Uh, that I would say Max definitely embodies. Um, I loved the use of practical effects blended with oh, CG because uh, yeah. it wasn't just it wasn't like they went in the desert and found tornadoes and fucking like they all drove those cars right next to each other. Like there were a lot of like practical effects, but it was a beautiful blend of that friggin war rig, man. That was a beautiful blend of the right technology. Just all the right shit. It's it's using the tools of the trade to tell a story. And that worked out great. And it did tell a story, too. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's just one giant long car chase. No. And like, ooh, 
it's so much more than yeah, that. Yeah, way to miss it's the like, point. Like, <laughs> it, it's it's like a thing you can tell a story without having to actually, you know, go over and give exposition and everything. Yeah. There's such a thing as visual storytelling, and it's something that I think has been lost in this day and age. Well, the the whole concept of show, don't tell, you know, like don't have characters just spout yeah. fucking exposition all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did you see The Revenant? No, I did not see The Revenant. Neither did I. That goes in the, we skipped it. I didn't uh, see Birdman either. And I know in certain movie circles that makes me a plebeian, but okay. I saw Birdman. I liked it, but I saw it on HBO, like for, nah, like for free, go. way later. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was really good. Didn't see The Revenant. Don't care at all. Bears and maulings. Right? Like, I, I, but nobody said anything like, but there's this character in it who like has a really crazy arc. Nope. They're just like, a bear eats a liver. Tom Hardy's really great, but he doesn't do anything. Like, okay, well then no, I'm not going to see that. That's not for me. Leo grunts a lot. Yeah, like pass. Um, <clears throat> there's this little uh, independent movie that came out uh, this year that I didn't really, I don't know if you caught it. It was called Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, I heard something about these wars in the stars. Apparently it's based on an older franchise that they're bringing back now, and they actually were able to get back a bunch of the old actors for it. Apparently half the, as I understand it though, don't get like too excited because like half the franchise sucks. Like there's six of them and three of them are just fucking a waste. So how good could the last three be? Yeah, but, I mean, there's uh, some kind of force. People are just forcing stuff all over the place. I don't even know. That sounds pretty. That that sounds kind of dark. I mean, for a PG uh, rating, I think that's a little bit weak. Like, I don't know. But in any case, uh, I saw it. Yeah, and Force Awakens. What what can we say about Force Awakens? That hasn't been said already. I loved it. I had a great time. It was exactly what like I needed. A kid again, and that was their intention. Yep. People were like, I don't even want to address the haters because it's just such a it's just futile. It's great. I loved it. It made all the money I think it deserved, and it did a nice job of being like, "Fuck you, we're doing some we're we're doing the same thing those Max guys did. We're gonna do like practical effects blended with CG. Mm-hmm. Some of the effects like there's that there's like that there's that proto Jawa character that like oh, rides yes. that robot dragon in the middle of the desert, and I'm like, that's three guys. That's two guys. In a like, suit, yeah. I could see that those are two guys, but you know what? Fuck you! I want that. Like this is like I don't even like I don't want to be like. Like, did they make that? Like, look, Bantha was just an elephant with some shit on it. Like, Force Awakens to me made Star Wars every bit as big as it has always been in my imagination. It's like when they re-skinned. Uh, Ocarina of Time for the 3DS. Yeah, there you go. Where it's like, oh, this looks as good as I remember it looking. Mm-hmm, as opposed mm-hmm. to it, like, as opposed to me breaking out my N64 and playing that game, being like, this looks pretty crappy. Because <laughs> we love Star Wars, but you go back and you look at it, and it's like, oh yeah, this was a movie made on the cheap in the 70s. That, that said, there's a lot of things that work so well that still work about Star Wars. Uh, I don't think anybody owns a copy of, like, the original i do but that's because i have on laser disc there but, you go <laughs> um you, you know man history will be on laser disc side i tell you <laughs> i'm still on that yeah i'm still on that run the wrong side of the fence on that one <laughs> laser disc is gonna win the format wars you just wait <laughs> uh but yeah star wars was great there's not much to be, to be said besides like it just it just fucking worked how cool is kylo ren as a villain here just like this uh, angry introverted Kind of thing. I, I read a funny article there where it's like, you know, man, the Star Wars movies always did a good job telling us whoever the villains were at the time. You know, in the original trilogy, it was a faceless military organization. In the crappy prequel trilogy, it was, you know, duplicitous politicians. And what's the most evil thing nowadays? Oh, an angry 20-something who feels entitled. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it, it, 
having Napoleon Dynamite be your villain is a brave move <laughs> that I think works in this generation. Adam Driver is a fine man, but yes, he's so funny. I I love that. I I, I love. I don't, I'm not in love with the character. I'm not like, oh, I have my Kylo Ren posters and I have my Kylo Ren costume and shit. Uh, I think don't, that, look at my, don't look at my Kylo Ren action figure or poster. I think the costume is overdone. I think the costume is like obvious and the name is stupid, but I but that's I think they're supposed to be. That's the point. He's literally a tryhard. He is trying so hard. It, it's like being like, what if, what if Tumblr produced a Darth Vader character? He is the ultimate Vader fanboy, yeah. and I think that's amazing. And that's fucking funny and cool, and I think that's awesome. It is. And there's a lot to be said for that level of, like, we're going to build a villain, or not. Like, because I think that they're approaching it from a perspective of, like, Star Wars, like, the world isn't black and white. And no. people will, people love Star Wars, but doing that, where it's like the world is black and white is not going to fly with modern audiences now. Mm -hmm. And as such, I think that like, you know, Kylo Ren does things that you hate and you hate him for it, but because of his lineage and where he comes from and what he, what he means and what Leia's pursuit is for him, you're kind of like, they're not going to make him like a mustache twirling villain as much as mm -hmm. even, even he wants to be one. Yeah, I think the movie is going to end as complicated as it began, where it's like oh, for sure. there is no bad guy. Or th actually, thankfully, there is a bad guy. His name Emperor's or Supreme Leader Snoke, who has an equally yeah. stupid Star Wars fan filmian name. And I think that was lazy on their part to make it Andy I, fucking I, I Circus. I think it's kind of the appeal. There was just like, here's literally like a Wizard of Oz character who's bigger than everybody else. Don't look at the man behind the curtain. Yeah, I mean, like, either he's small and lame or he's that's my theory or he's not that like it's all fake and there's like another guy look like that at all yeah yeah like either way whatever i'm down like uh, I, i'm interested to see where it goes and also what balls to be like yeah we got mark hamill back as luke oh no you don't see him until the last two minutes and no he doesn't even say anything yeah that said he better fucking do a lot of shit in the second one <laughs> <In> the second <laughs> one. you better say a lot yeah um, so yeah, love Star Wars, and I can't wait for the next one. Um, did you see Hateful Eight? Yes, I did see Hateful Eight. I also saw Hateful Eight. I saw it twice, actually. I saw it, and then literally the night after, a friend came over and wanted to see it, so I saw it like twice in a row. Nice. I did not like it. Really, you didn't? I thought it I th was... I think we've had this conversation yeah. before. I think it's the weakest... I, I, I think that Quentin Tarantino knows what a Western looks like, but yeah. I don't think he knows how to write one. You see, I liked it more than Django is the thing. I know I've had this conversation with other people. I liked it more. I thought it had more going on under the hood than Django did. Yeah. Uh, and also wasn't nearly as self-indulgent as Django, which is weird to say about a movie that literally starts with the eighth movie from Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino. And a movie that literally stops halfway through and starts another movie yeah. before going back. I mean, there's a lot. <clears throat> there's a lot that works. It looks really cool. The music is great. Ennio Morricone it, it, finally it, it, fucking got an it, Oscar for it. It's a play. I admit that. It's totally a play. Yeah. It's um, more a play than a movie. <clears throat> I didn't get the, like, the Hollywood experience with the intermissions and the giant playbills and all that crap. No, neither did, neither I, didn't did need I. It, and I think I would have, I, I feel like I would have liked it less because I would have been like, what a pretentious fucking bunch of crap. Like, but Sal, it was it was filmed on film, not digital. Oh, good for all the inside stuff you filmed. You film outside for like five fucking minutes. 
<laughs> like we in glorious 72 millimeter like we filmed ben-hur on these cameras yeah and then you filmed this fucking reservoir dogs prequel in a glorious grapple vision and encoded with blast processing the hateful eight was yeah like what do you i don't know i just feel like it was a little bit like i think it was a little overrated and i think the only people who overrated it were quentin tarantino I, I like what it does with the themes of racial tension in America. I like <clears throat> the whole, you know, uh, what is it? Black people are only safe when white people are odd. Although I do think it's weird that some people read Walton Goggins' character as a hero when he is so totally not. No. That said, the only thing that movie do did for me was it made me like Walton Goggins as an actor. Oh, really? See, I, I guess you're not a Justified fan. I am not. <laughs> No, no, not a fan of The Shield and all these other shows, Walton Goggins. No Sons of Anarchy when he played a cross-dressing dominatrix. No, I did not. No. No, those are not for me. <laughs> those are not for you? No. Uh, but yeah, it looked great, and I love seeing Kurt Russell in movies. So that was, you know... It was, he's, he's really good. Yeah. It was nice to see Sam Jackson in an actual role in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Not just playing Sam Jackson. Well, or not just being like a bit part or a cameo. Or in Django Unchained, where he played Uncle Ruckus. From well, he the did that. He that was that was a choice, I think, by Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Uh, another movie that I loved and I'm like amazed won an Oscar was Ex Machina. Oh yes, the robot one. I really, really liked it. And good to hard science fiction in a year when we didn't get much good to hard science fiction. No, this was a real fucking science fiction movie, and it dared to be different and like familiar and play with your ideas and expectations. I don't think it deserved best picture for or best original or, or uh, best, the Oscar for best special effects. I was like, right. yeah, all right. No, like it wasn't seamless. They didn't create things that weren't there. <laughs> Like, I, I know what they did. I saw the making of. I know how they did that. And it looked like that. It didn't look like anything new or, or amazing. But, like, but it was new and cool. And it's, like, it's almost like they wanted to nominate it for something bigger, but they knew that no one was going to fucking vote for it the because the Academy doesn't Because the Academy vote. Award hates horror, hates science fiction, and <clears> hates comedy. They do. Uh, and it, it, same thing for fucking, uh, what's it, Mad Max didn't get any of the big ones. So but just like, the fact that it was nominated for Best Picture is pretty amazing. I think that was just, I don't know what that was. I think that was like their, their shaking. You know what, the, no, you know what that was? That's uh, George Miller, the director. He's old now, and when you get to be a certain age, and because we got to pay you back for Babe and all those kids' movies you did, you get a Best Picture nomination. Right. And also the fact that because we hate science fiction, horror, comedies, superheroes, and whatever, but, you know, this is a dystopian drama, so, you know, we can put this on here and still feel good about it. Yeah. I agree. Is what I think that came down to. But still, just the fact that it was up there was amazing. We all knew it wasn't going to win. No. But it, won a bunch of, but it won, like, five technical awards in a row. It's true. It won a whole bunch of things. It's really cool. Uh, I, I also didn't think it really was the best picture of the year. I thought it was really cool, and I would have. I wanted it to win because I just wanted to see that world, like yeah. where where Mad Fucking Max got best goddamn picture. Yeah, yeah, the best picture of the Academy Award winning. Yep, Mad Max. Mad Fury Fucking Road. Max. That's right. Uh, eat it. A, a movie where a guy in a skin mask and you know onesie plays rock guitar that shoots fire. Yes. It's just like it, it basically an Iron Maiden album cover comes to life. Come to life. 
uh, and then comes to the Oscars. Like, yeah. Um, uh, all right. There's another movie that I skipped. I guess we could talk about that and then kind of like, uh, I'll, I'll leave it to you for any other ones that you wanted to mention. But like, okay. I skipped Fan Forstick. Uh, oh, you oh, you never saw it at all. I never saw it. I will one day, but not soon. It's it's every bit as terrible as everyone said it I is. I deliberately didn't see it. I remember, we're, you, we're comic book YouTubers. We got to talk about this shit. And I was like, no. Because everybody talked about how shitty it was and how crappy it was going to be and how stupid it looked. And I was like, I want Marvel to get Fantastic Four back. And I'm not going to help them <laughs> by buying tickets to the movie to they shouldn't be making. It. Like... That's really my problem was like people were like, I'm going to go see it because it's funny and hilarious. Well, guess what? They don't care how they make their money as long as they make it. And I didn't want to see it be the number one movie that weekend just because everybody wanted to see how shitty it was going to be. I brought two people with me. They both fell asleep. Yeah, that's fucked because you just, they, you, they sold three tickets. I know, right? That's why I was I like, felt, no. I felt that way later. And you know, it's it's funny. It's not only just that it's bad. It's easily the most boring superhero movie ever made like i think there's worst ones yeah i think there's more insulting superhero movies that have been made but this one was boring as its greatest that's sin. the worst when it's boring and there are a couple of superhero movies i've seen that are like just not fucking exciting or entertaining like green lantern is more insulting and like you know i'm sure there's some other ones that are worse yeah but yeah that one but this one's just straight up like boring as hell that i will not forgive i might never see it because it's boring like I won't, I can tolerate terrible. I saw Jonah Hex, which might be the worst superhero movie I've ever seen. It's pretty bad, and but, I'm a huge Jonah Hex fan, so that one hurt me deeply. Yeah, that's, like, offensive. But at least shit happened in it. You know what I mean? Like, things happen every couple of minutes. You're like, whoa! Things Th happen like a big stupid gun and, like, a cage match between, like, a goblin monster man yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. But... Michael Shannon was the ringmaster in that. Isn't that weird? Michael Shannon went from Jonah Hex to being General Zod. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I am, but I will not tolerate being bored. You know? Yeah, like, I agree. That's the worst. Um, so those are the movies that I saw and enjoyed and also the movies that I deliberately didn't see for mm -hmm. 2015. How about you, Joel? Anything else we, we missed on this list? Well, you know, I'm going to do what I said I was going to do, and I'm going to give some love to science fiction, horror, and comedy. Okay. Uh, starting with comedy, uh, one that was really good, Trainwreck with Amy Schumer. You know, this was probably the year where Amy Schumer got a little too overexposed for her own good, but Big the time. actual but the actual movie that she was pitching all this time, Trainwreck, yeah. really, really good. Semi-autobiographical, Colin Quinn plays her dad, and he's hilarious. Bill Hader gets to lead. Which yeah. is nice for a change. John Cena is in it, and John Cena is funny. Cool. Yeah. I that was not a movie for me. I was like, no, I don't like Amy Schumer's comedy. I like her writing better than I like her stand-up. Well, here's the thing: she wrote she wrote the movie with Judd Apatow, so it's like those, you know, uh, Seth Rogen, Steve Carell type of bro comedies, only written from a woman's perspective. That's a cool idea. That said, I think Judd Apatow is overrated. <laughs> Oh, I like Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow, to me, is what Kevin Smith would become if he matured beyond a certain point. I hope not, because I really don't like Judd Apatow movies. I think Kevin Smith needs to, like, get his head out of his ass and stop smoking up so much. But, like, that's really, like, the problem is he's relying on too many things to become a better filmmaker. And instead of himself. 
Like, yeah, the other thing Judd Apatow is relying on is casting his wife and kids in every movie so he can continue to just hang out with the Mollies at work. I mean, like, that's, I, I, I respect that. No, I don't respect that at all, but I think, but I understand it. It's a nice touch. I, yeah. If, if I was a filmmaker, I'd do it. Right? Well, like, it's, it's like a fucking, what's, who's the guy who makes those movies with, uh, with, uh, with Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper every time? Oh, yeah, I know the guy. I made Joy, about. which another movie I fucking was like, no. Yeah, the, the guy who yells at people a lot, too. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of a dick. Yeah, I, I know the one you mean. He was the guy who was supposed to be attached to do an Uncharted movie, but he never did. Yeah. Uh, no. Like, I don't, but, like, you know, he's like, okay, here, I'm making another movie. Uh, it's gonna be, like, a drama. Uh, I'm thinking about casting Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper, and they're gonna be together. <laughs> David O. Russell, thank you, Ricardo. David O. Russell, yeah, that's the exactly. guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, no. I'm not a fan I... of David O. Russell. He did a, what was that one? With the people with the mental illness who were in love. What was yeah, that one? Yeah, fucking Silver Linings Playbook. Thank you. I also didn't like that no, one. No, I didn't know I wanted to know. I, th I thought that was actually kind of terrifying in many ways. And because of things that I've lived in my own life, I was grinding my teeth in that one. Yeah, that's no. Like, what are you doing? It's not cute. It's not quirky. It's horrifying. Yeah, that's a real. No, you're talking about a real issue that you're not making funny. And you're trying to make it cute. And you know what? After this movie ended, those two people probably killed each other. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it's it's for me. It's like when Scorsese kept casting DiCaprio. Mm -hmm. I was like, look, 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 look. The kid does a good job. And I really like The Aviator. I didn't see The Aviator. Because I was the like, it's really good. Because I said, that's enough, Martin Scorsese. Get another actor. Like, do the, another the, thing. The Aviator, the Aviator is the best DiCaprio-Scorsese team-up joint. See, I think The Wolf of Wall Street is the best DiCaprio-Scorsese oh, joint. Oh, that's really... Okay, you know what? That's that's close for me. Right? Because, really like, good. The Wolf of Wall Street... I don't, even, I don't think that came out this year. So. No, it came out last year. Yeah. It is... It, it's like a young person made it. Like, that movie yeah. has the energy and 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 like tenacity and like just just overall rawness of a person oh, totally. who's who has something to prove at like age 24 i was like holy <laughs> fucking shit like scorsese in his mid to late 70s and he fucking knocked this movie down still bring it can still bring it in his that old said age. i'm never gonna fucking watch that movie again because i because everybody in that movie is reprehensible and monstrous it's it's kind of like requiem for a dream or train spotting yeah or they're like great Schindler's movies List. they're fucking amazing flicks. masterpieces but i can't fucking watch them again Oh, speaking of movies that are amazing but are so horrible you'll never want to watch them again uh, this was another one people were saying got snubbed and it got snubbed because it was a Netflix original movie and not uh, one that came out but Beast of No Nation with Idris Elba oh I didn't see it but I, I love Idris Elba and I think he's great so and he picks good he, projects he does an amazing job playing the leader of this child army uh, if you ever saw that movie Blood Diamonds yeah. ironically also with DiCaprio mm-hmm uh, if you ever saw that one, there's a whole little side plot there where one of the kids becomes a child soldier. Yeah. Imagine those little vignettes, but stretched over two hours. But it being a movie, that's fucking cool. And it's soul crushing, and it's dark, and it's sad, and you feel like you're right there with them because they filmed it, you know, right, right in the jungles of yeah. you know wherever. Ugh, no. <laughs> and it's it's harsh, and the and the little kid actor who plays the child soldier, where you get to see him, you know, grow up through all this amazing performance like he gives a monologue at the end of the movie when like the war's over and he's living in like a facility for former child soldiers mm -hmm. and he's just like looking right into the camera with these soulless dead eyes and he delivers this amazing monologue Ugh, that's awesome and it's so powerful and i'm like wow and this got no award consideration that, weak. that's weak that I, is weak <clears throat> i will say the kid from room 
was at the Oscars and the best moment from the Oscars easily, not a Chris Rock monologue, not a sketch, not even, well, and borderline, it was actually the best moment was Ennio Morricone getting his fucking Oscar. But mm. the other one was when R2-D2 and C-3PO and BB-8 come out on stage. Oh, nice. They come out on stage and it's fucking hammy and, oh, R2, we seem to have lost our seats. This isn't the front, like, this, this, this isn't rope G, this is the front of the stage, herp-a-derp. Like, okay, fine. But the kid who was in room, who was like nine, is like climbing over the seats. To see you them want to get to R2-D2. Because for him, they're real. And it's the so and the cute. other actors in front of him are like moving out of his way so he can see better. But like the look of joy on his face, because you can imagine <laughs> being nine years old, the Academy Awards, look at all these glad handing million year old douchebags who are all congratulating each other on movies that look like fucking boring crap. They look like but they're doing their Star taxes. Wars happened in front of you. And the motherfucking Star Wars happens in front of me. They come out on stage <laughs> proving that's real. Like that for me was a real moment that I was like. Thank, give the fucking guy who was on camera six like a goddamn chocolate bar because he fucking was on that shit like no, like he was oh film the kid here comes Star Wars he guarantee we will freak out I'm like that's adorable that was fucking that's awesome. harsh and I love that uh, so there you go anything else that we should uh, mention of 2015 before we uh, sign off yeah again you know give some horror some love here right. here's one I saw not, not too long ago Krampus Krampus. Fucking another one that I wanted to see and I didn't fucking catch. And I hear it was fantastic. And Red Letter Media said the best sound of the whole fucking 2015 season. It really is. Do you like Gremlins, Sal? Of course I like Gremlins. Joe Dante made it. Well, guess what? Krampus is like Gremlins for a new generation. It is that perfect blend of horror comedy. And puppets. And puppets. So many amazing puppets. I fucking need to see that shit. So what's great about this movie, too, is I think probably more than any other movie I've ever seen, does it encapsulate white people Christmas? <laughs> it really does. Like, you know, it's this family. They're upper crust, either kind of yuppie and everything, and they're like, you know, dirtbag cousins are coming over. Mm-hmm. And the kid's like, why don't we have to hang out with Uncle So-and-so every Christmas? Because like, oh, we're family. But we don't have anything in common. And it's just tense and horrible. And they brought along the alcoholic aunt who they all agreed they weren't going to spend Christmas with. And she shows up. <laughs> and I'm like... I have had this Christmas. This yep. this is white people right here. This is white people Christmas. That's amazing. This is what it's like. That's funny. And it's get to a point where, because it's a horror movie, because people die, you like these characters so much that you feel really bad when they die, because even <laughs> the ones who are horrible are slightly, you know, they have redeeming you characteristics. Get it. Well, because, like, oh, you've, no, not him. because you've had that Christmas, you're like, oh, but like, he's still my uncle. <laughs> they, they feel like you're David Koechner who yeah. plays the D-bag, dirtbag uncle, turns in one of his best performances in this. Like, he's really good in this, David cool. Koechner. He he has the potential to be great, and he's just like, he's always like the, the alcoholic pain in the ass. He, he's always doing the Will Ferrell comedies. Exactly. The Adam McKay comedies, which ironically, Adam McKay won a freaking Oscar this year. Yeah. The, the guy who did Talladega Nights and Step Brothers is now an Academy Award winner. <laughs> Wrap your minds around that. Exactly. He must fucking, he must, he must do something <laughs> for them. Cause you gotta do something. You gotta pay your dues when it comes to Oscar gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you watch, there's a behind the scenes video. Speaking of wrapping it up with Oscars, uh, there's a behind the scenes video that some YouTuber made in which they were invited to the Oscars. Oh wow. And they brought, and he brought his little camera with him and he filmed the entire experience and he goes, and he looks like f- 
he looks like Sean fucking Penn. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, is he gonna trick? Is he gonna like convince him he is Sean Penn and go into this Oscar? But like, and he just goes, and they gave him like the nosebleeds. It's amazing where he sits. But like, the experience is really cool, and he like really filmed it well. I was like, oh, and not like filmed it well, like it was fucking brilliant shots, like between the fucking fan blades of a ceiling fan. No, like he he shot it well, where he's like he showed you these these moments where you it's like you're there he actually made it it's like this is what's it's for this is what the oculus is for <laughs> like i went to the oscar i snuck into the oscars with this fucking guy like really really cool uh i don't remember who it was or why he has like two million followers so he's not hard to find just look up crash the oscars on youtube and you will find it there you go nice little plug maybe, maybe he'll return the favor yeah i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, anything else you want to you want to mention? What's happening on Cape Joel this week? Uh, well, if you head on over there right now, you can find the newest episode of the Comic Multiverse. That's the show I do with Matt. Uh, we had a big long episode this week, talked about all sorts of things. Uh, people really seem to be digging on that, and I appreciate it. Uh, my review of the new Avengers standoff assault on Pleasant Hill is done and the only thing that's keeping me from uploading it is i was doing this it's actually was rendering while we were talking but i wasn't <laughs> going to upload a video while we were doing a i show. appreciate that so if people want to go there in the next 15 minutes right watch that nice uh is is this is avengers standoff gonna have a series or is it gonna be just a bunch of one shots with ridiculous titles yeah, that's a damn good question, because we had Welcome to Pleasant Hill, which yep. was kind of the lead into it, written mm -hmm. by Spencer. Which was good, have, but this other yeah. one is also written by Spencer. Spencer, and this is the next part of it. This is this is setting it up. Yep. And then it looks like we're going to have a series of tie-ins, and then it looks like we're going to have like an Alpha and Omega at the end to finish it off. I hate when they do the Alphas and Omegas, because I don't know where they're supposed to fit in or what. Like, no. Just, just call it part one, part two, part three. Do the fucking series and number them. It's it's really good, but I'm also really afraid moving forward how these other writers are going to take this weird, kind of funny, kind of creepy concept that Spencer is doing good with. Yeah. I feel like he should have just written the whole thing. Matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he if this was just a storyline he had planned, like a big arc for oh, Captain no America. That's and the best... like, no, 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 this is good. Make this make this a universe event. Well, I bet they probably after like after like the twelfth delay for civil for Secret Wars, they were like, fucking make it. You know what? You're gonna be done. Like when you write it, it'll be over and it'll be short and it'll be out. We can get that shit cranked out, no problem. And people will probably want like and the people we need to set we need to do an event, but. We can make it not be that the world's in peril. It could just be about these guys and this it can place. Be, it can be about moral questions about what is right and what is wrong. Yeah, and then we'll do this, and then we'll do a different moral question called Civil War. Yeah, which Where, in fact, uh, Iron Man this week is a prelude to Civil War. Too. I saw that banner. I'm. I'll wait. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I guess that's it. We can wrap it up now. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching this episode of the Elseworlds Exchange, and we'll see you guys next week with an all-new episode. I am Sal. I'm Joel. And we'll see you next time.